Okay, it's time for the monthly um, market outlook. Last month, uh, well, October is over in a couple of days' time, Sean. Um, and we kind of figure where things, things are looking a little bit tricky in terms of around Europe and in Spain to do with restrictions. Um, how has October been for you? October's been kind of okay. We've, uh, we've done a few deals and we've had a few clients over here. It's not been spectacular by any means, and we haven't had the volume of clients that we would normally have. But again, similar to, to months uh, earlier in the year, the people that have managed to get over here or have been here, however they've got here, have been serious. So they've been a good quality client. So it means that when we do get the clients on the ground here at the moment, we, we tend to find that it's, it's worth our time and worth our investment uh, because they tend to be either further down the sales process in terms of having done their research or they tend to be keener to buy whether that's because of what's happening in the world and they just feel that it's time to make a decision and, and crack on um i mean we even have people who've kind of escaped their their home countries just to be here you know just to quarantine here rather than back in say belgium or ireland or germany um so we are we are seeing live human beings and you know we are getting clients but it's just a much much lower volume than than we would normally deal with um which which is kind of weird because it you know for instance me i mean i have a, a sales team um it's not a big team but it means that i'm not out there um doing as much kind of work as i feel i should so i'm i'm feeling a little bit guilty that i'm i've got a bit of spare time on my hands um but hey hopefully it'll all uh, it'll all sort itself out sooner rather than later. So do you have any uh, views on what the rest of the quarter has in store for us? More of the same or do you think there's going to be a shift? The problem we're going to have is obviously the, the final quarter of the year isn't a normal quarter because we have the, the, um, the looming specter of, uh, of Christmas, uh, which tends to dominate everyone's thoughts in any business from kind of the second, the second uh, week of, 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 of the month of December. So, Unfortunately, November, which is normally quite a strong month, looks like it's going to be a little bit of a washout this year because of the um, the increased restrictions that governments are putting in place across pretty much the whole of Europe. And I think a lot of people are already kind of writing off November, which means that we're going to have a really small window of opportunity to get some deals done in uh, in December. We might just have a couple of weeks. And of course, the temptation from most people will be, well, do you know what? Rather than just trying to rush everything in December, and then we've got Christmas, and that, we're just going to do it in January. Oh, and then you know the first two weeks of January is taken up with celebrating New Year and getting the kids back to school and getting back to work, and all of a sudden you're into February. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see the outlook as being particularly heartening. But um, you know, as I said before on this uh, on, on this forum, we've we've kind of altered a few things in our business. We've reduced our, our, our cost base to make us a, a leaner, fitter machine. Um, it means that we can respond quickly to, to market conditions and, and changes. And um, we're okay to kind of see this out. Um, you know, it's not going to affect us too, too badly, particularly if we keep picking up the odd stray client here and there. Um, but hopefully, you know, I, I, I know I keep saying this, but hopefully if we get to a point where somebody says, okay, February the 1st, the taps are back on and people can fly and people can travel and, oh, we've got a vaccine, then I would take that deal right now. Right. I've got you. So it's the uncertainty that's unsettling more than the actual 
delay I of think, any uh, return yeah, to normality. I think it's like anything in life, isn't it? You know, people people can deal with bad news. People can, you know, someone said to me, look, look, guys, it's going to be another six months. Then we'd all be like, oh, my God. But we deal with it. You know, we'd plan our business accordingly and we'd, uh, we'd make the various shifts that we would need to make. But at least we, we would be prepared. And I'm not saying we, you know, everyone would survive in that situation. Of course they wouldn't. You know, there will be people who are going to run out of cash six months down the line and won't be able to keep a, you know, a viable business going, which is a shame. But there will be others who will want to take advantage of, you know, the reset, you know, the restart, project restart, whatever you want to call it, and, um, and take advantage of there being fewer competitors in the market. I see. And, and what um, question I had for you is, in the UK, there are lots of reports of uh, the real estate market positively booming. Mm. Um, similarly, in the States, um, you know, to even pre-COVID levels and even better than before that. I think the UK, the, the, the mortgages approved in September are the best ones since 2007 in terms of volume. Um, yeah. They also have COVID. Um, they, mm. There are also some level of travel restrictions. So what do you think the big difference is with here and with I think us? The main difference, yeah, I think the main difference is that in places like the UK, the States, you're dealing with predominantly a primary residential market. So it's people who are moving for their own their own homes. And obviously what's prompted a lot of those moves, say in the UK, is that people are thinking, oh, you know, if I'm going to be working from home, I'm not going to be commuting. Maybe I need a little, need a little bit more space. Maybe I don't want to be in a city centre. I'd rather be in a little village on the outskirts. My office is moving. So I think that's prompted a, you know, a, a chain of, of, of interest that has obviously led to, uh, led to volume and, and, and sales. I also think in the UK, there's been um, uh, an influx of, of money from the Far East again. Uh, I know for a fact that, that a lot of people in China are looking to get their money out. So from an investment property perspective, places like Birmingham, Liverpool, Manchester have seen a spike of investment again, not so much in London, but certainly in the, um, in the regions. So that the, the difference is that here, obviously, on the Costa del Sol and other areas of southern Spain, the market that we deal in is really a second home market. It's a discretionary purchase. People who are looking to buy here already have a perfectly adequate home wherever they are. And what they're really looking to do is to purchase a, you know, a luxury item. And of course, it doesn't take much to, to just knock that off kilter. So it can be a pandemic. It can be a recession. It can be an exchange rate movement. It can be grannies in a nursing home it can be the kids are moving school it can be anything because they don't actually need this property on the Costa del Sol they'd all like one um, so that's what we're seeing at the moment is that it's kind of dropped down the list of priorities uh, which is completely understandable and that's uh, you know that's that's what we're seeing really so it, it is a different market to uh, to a UK and US kind of normal uh, residential market this is a second home market which is driven by by discretionary factors, really. Um, earlier today, you gave me a link to a, an article on the Financial Times, um, quoting the who's who of Marbella of the Marbella real estate industry. And I wasn't um, in there. You wasn't in there. Yeah, you weren't in there. Um, but mainly, it was mainly people involved with developments, wasn't it? Well, it yeah. It was. um, but w- the point that the the article on the FT w- was making was that there there the rich poor divide in terms of the market is yeah. much more significantly more, more significant now 
than it has been. And by that, I mean, not so much in, in, in rich, poor people having means or not having means, but it seems that the, the upper end of the market is uh, sailing along as it does because it's never really been a volume market anyway. And people of, uh, of means still have means. But the mid to lower uh, element of the market seems to be the most impacted. That's what yeah. the article, the argument the article was making. Is that something that you, you're seeing too? I, I tend to believe it. We probably, and I don't think any agent can can um, categorically, you know, accept or deny it really, because we probably haven't got the volume to, to to crunch the numbers. But what I would say is that, yeah, gut feeling and also the evidence that we're seeing, however limited that might be in terms of volume, the evidence that we're seeing is that that is the case. Um, the aspiration, what I call the aspirational sector in the market, which tends to be the lower to mid-level, people who um, are in, generally employed um, who are looking at this as a, as a luxury purchase who will probably need a mortgage so they're not going to be plowing in their their whole life savings but a significant chunk of it they're the ones that are going oh you know hang on a minute this is a really big decision are we doing the right thing we need to hang on to our cash because of what may be around the corner they may be worried about their job security so that market we are noticing as being hit there's a lack of those types of buyers and i think i mentioned last time around you know our average sale has has gone up and not really by design i mean we do aim obviously you know at different sectors of the market but i think this time last year our average sale was around 500 600 000 euros so far this year it's over a million so that says to me that the people who are buying and also the people who are visiting um, are the ones who have the means to to get here they don't have to worry maybe too much about reporting for duty on a Monday morning to the big bad boss. They are the big bad boss. Um, and I think that also, yeah, you know, you're right. They, they tend to have the, the financial means as well. Um, so, I mean, we had it, for instance, we had a guy who, who over the last two weekends has flown down twice to see us um, on his private jet. You know, he's, he's been the pilot um, and he's just, he's just flown out and, and you know, done, done the business. Um, Joe Public me and you, you know, we don't have a private jet park around the corner and we, we aren't able to do that. And, you know, perhaps we have other things to worry about and think about. So, yeah, I think, you know, are we heading for one of those things where the rich are going to get richer, the poor are going to get poorer? I don't think it's as simple as that, but I, I do think that men of means and women of means who have, um, you know, who want a holiday home in Spain or a second home or a permanent residence in Spain may look at this as an opportunity to, to get a good price. Um, while other people can't get here, while vendors don't have a, a pool of buyers to appeal to, if they can get here and negotiate a good price, then why not? And uh, in previous times that we've spoken, there was a, the big debate that goes on and on about the, the expectation of price drops from by buyers expecting to catch bargains. And then, I mean, there's certainly some some uh, evidence at the moment that uh, some of the big investment funds are are keen to grab a grab a bargain in Spain, particularly yeah. in Madrid and Barcelona. Um, given that the extended period that this seems to be just dragging on for a bit longer than, than any of us had really hoped mm. and dragging on in a way that's quite uncertain, it's not following a very clear path. Do you think, do you still think that the prices will relative, will hold, relatively speaking, to like sub 10% uh, with, the, with the majority of them being resales? That's what or we're seeing. Call, really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I noticed from the FT article, it was a really interesting read because what they were saying that year on year, the prices were up on the cost of El Sol, or certainly in Marbella. I think you have to look at, you know, there's markets within markets, but yes. generally speaking, 
prices were actually up, I think, was it 6% or something like that? Um, but what we're seeing, again, from, from an evidence point of view, is that there are some price corrections and much needed and, and much welcome because I think um, prices were overinflated in certain um, areas and in certain types of stock. So, but again, it's not, you know, we're not seeing huge like 30% discounts and things like that. As you said, Alfredo, it's like kind of up to 10%. Um, developers aren't discounting as much as I expected them to, which means or says to me that they've either refinanced or they're, they're happy with their, their year's work to date to rumble through into next year. Um, whether we see any kind of last minute discounting towards the end of the year, I, I doubt it because they should be discounting now if they really mean business. Yeah. You know, if a developer is in serious trouble and, and needs to, sh you know, shed its stock, then it should be offering 20, 30% fire sale just to close the year out. We're not seeing any evidence of that at all. So it says to me that the banks are kind of quite happy to let this roll a little bit. Whoever's funding these developers are quite happy to let it roll. I'm not saying it will roll on forever because obviously everyone needs money. But I think that, again, the industry um, and a lot of vendors are looking at this as a, as a temporary thing. You know, you're right what you say. The, the pause has gone on maybe longer than we thought. I thought we'd probably be out of this based on no reason whatsoever. But I thought we'd kind of be out of this by October. Um, we're not. It looks like we're going to have a little mini lockdown again and we're all going to be sitting at home for a couple of weeks. And I expect that it will now coincide any kind of recovery and uptick and getting people back here will coincide with um, the airlines being able to fly, the skies opening up and obviously a um, some sort of, of solution to this problem um, in, in terms of a, of a fix. Um, uh, and when that happens, I mean, they're talking about the turn of the year, being able to have vaccines approved and things like that. I think that and, you know, testing, short term testing so people can travel, that's going to make a huge difference. And I think that will then restore confidence to vendors, to developers when they start seeing a flow of people. Um, because we've already seen it in July and August this year. We had that little what I call a mini break where we had clients actually able to get here. And we had a, we had about sort of three weeks in July and one week in August where people were coming to us. And um, it was great because we had a lot of pent up demand that came over here and started buying and they'd done their research. They spent so much time at home. They kind of knew more than we did and they came over and bought and our conversion rates were sky high, loads of inquiries, loads of visits, loads of sales. And I think we're going to see that again, you know, um, early doors next year when people again are allowed to travel and kind of get back to normal. Um, so I think people are just kind of thinking this isn't a long term as in like three, four year, recession kind of uh, model um you know we do expect the market to pick up banks are still lending inquiries are still coming in as you know you're the guru for that um and people but what we're noticing is people aren't panic selling so we haven't got a load of new instructions coming onto the market dragging the prices down so it's just kind of pause 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 the odd price correction the odd little bargain here and there but nothing spectacular right gotcha you think that the 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 horrible phrase the new normal, um, perhaps it's a little different to the way we thought it would be. You know, what will we? Or maybe the meaning is slightly different, in that people, become, buyers are becoming a little bit, or are in the process of becoming a little bit phased with the with the scare elements of all of this and getting a little bit accustomed to it. And as soon as there are some travel corridors with the quick testing. I think maybe, maybe do you think that in the first quarter, maybe we might see a little bit of the start stop sort of thing where they come in, uh, in waves, um, 
I don't. It seems to me that the the feeling, the fear factor, even though the figures are pretty scary, the fear factor seems to have gone a little bit away from people, and it's more. It is the new normal in a sense, yeah. and so therefore, no different to in the first few weeks, everybody rushing out to buy loads of bread for some reason. Um, <laughs> the behavior now is, is is much more calm and collected, and I think perhaps that will come across in in, in real estate as well, because really. The, if you, you got to spend time indoors, you got to spend time indoors. And, and, and the only thing stopping you doing it in Spain, if you have the money to make that investment, is the exactly. physical ability to be there. Um, and in many cases, with work at home, 14 days, 14 days quarantine, if that continued, say, in the UK, is not, it's not actually the end of the world, really, for a lot of people. It just means that they can't get into the office for, for, for a couple of weeks. That's the thing. I mean, you know, let, let's, let's look at the facts. Most people who can afford to buy a property here in Marbella um, are not losing their jobs. Of course, some are, and it's it's tragic. But most people are getting paid, whether it's by the government or their employer. They're getting something. Their costs are probably down because they haven't got travel costs. They haven't got childcare costs. Um, so actually, they're probably as well off as they were, or they can manage. It's not like everyone's out of work. Okay. There are a lot of job losses. I'm not going to get political about it, but certainly the, the kind of client that is looking to buy here is probably not as affected as other people. Um, and I would say that the people we speak to, and I've, I've checked with my team on this, probably 90% of the, the clients that we speak to who are looking to make a purchase here are pretty philosophical about it. Yeah, they want to get the best price possible, um, but they accept that this isn't similar to the 2008 problem that we had, which was a global recession caused by a lack of liquidity. This is something altogether different. And those people are planning to come over. They're planning to buy. They want us to negotiate hard for them, but they know they're not going to get 30, 40, 50% off. And then we've got 10% of our, our interested people. And I have to say, most of them are Brits who just think this is kind of the end of the world. And they're coming in with like 30%, 40%, 50% offers thinking they're going to get them away. And we're like, no, you know, that isn't happening. It may well happen. I don't know who, no one's got a crystal ball. I can't see it happening. Um, it might've happened 2009, 2010, but it's not happening now. So you're wasting your time. And we're In quite- 2008, I think the figure was a 32% price yeah. drop, wasn't it? And that was a, a property bubble with it, with, with a, a proper, a localized property bubble that we were going to have anyway over here. Yeah. And becoming part of a global recession, like a perfect storm of, yeah, of yeah. problems. It's a yeah. very different situation. As yeah. everybody keeps on saying, I mean, there could be a knock on to over the recessions from this and so on and so forth, but there, there is, it isn't a property related thing. If yeah. anything, some of the uncertainty in the markets might push more, more money towards property. Yeah, exactly. But it's really interesting that it's the British people who are the the ones that are, uh, I was going to say something quite rude then, but they're the ones who are kind of pushing that agenda of, well, you know, here's my 200,000 euros. If that's not good enough, tell them to do one. And um, we're like, well, they've, you know, there's no point in asking because they're not going to take it, mate, um, because somebody else is prepared to pay another 100,000 than you. So it, but you're always going to get that that type of person who who you know thinks the world is about to end. But if it's about to end, why are you buying a property in Spain? <laughs> that's, that's a great. That's, well, it's not going to end, obviously. Um, well, that's a great way to finish, I think. Um, so the, the idea is stay ready at all times, keep your costs low, and be ready to jump when uh, when, when when we get the little waves of uh, of buyers coming over. 
I think so. I mean, right? look, let's let's face it, and I'm sure you'll back me up on this. <clears throat> this is a wonderful place to be. I pinch myself at the moment. We have the most glorious weather. It's 20 degrees. It's clear blue skies. The sun is shining. The med looks amazing. The uh, the colours are fantastic. Um, and I think a lot of people want to be here. You know, when you look when you look on the news at what's happening in the countries in Northern Europe, and oh my God, I speak to family, I speak to friends there, and everyone's just generally fed up with the whole thing and i think if you're going to be fed up we'll be fed up in the sun you know um so yeah yeah and if you're going to be locked up we are going to be confined and unable to to go out um i think i'd rather be here than uh than in oldham or uh watchdale or somewhere no, no disrespect and i think with the you know, when the world does become smaller again and we are able to connect a little better with everyone and fly to places then i think the way that businesses are now setting themselves up then I think employees are going to have a lot of uh, a, lot, a lot more flexibility in terms of where they work, how they work, who's watching over them, and a lot of clients that we're speaking to are, are already kind of planning for that future and saying, "Look, the way we want to do this is we want to maybe downsize in the UK or in Belgium or in France, and then we want to have a place in Spain. We just want to spend maybe three weeks a month in Spain and, and just enjoy that lifestyle and that weather." I mean, for, um, for a lot of normal people, by normal people, I mean you and I, um, the, the, the dream of being able to spend X amount of months a year somewhere nice and do a little bit of remote work and that was a little bit unachievable unless you were maybe a computer programmer or something like that or, or, or CEO with, with international business. That's now everybody's, well, not everybody's reach, but a lot of people's reach now, isn't it? You know, you, it's, I think, most, you know, most, really most office places, office locations are, are, are accepting that they're never going to, they're not likely to return to full-time staff in an office, but maybe a, a combination of the two. And that's enough for a lot of people. I think. Absolutely. I mean, I know that, you know, companies, even big companies are completely, you know, re-looking at the whole compensation angle for employees and, and how they reward people and, and making it more kind of performance-based. And, you know, an employee may say, well, I want 20% less salary, but I want to be able to stay, you know, to go to Spain for three months, but I want a 10% bigger bonus if I hit these targets. And the whole kind of model of rewarding people is changing. We've, we've changed our model up. Our model has become much more um, performance-based um, because we want good, strong people in the business. Um, and obviously in these current times, it means that our, our fixed cost base has been a little lower, which is great. Um, and I think a lot of companies are looking at that at that angle and will continue to look at that as people start throwing in some more variables like working abroad and basing themselves abroad and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see where this ends up, but we're seeing already the start of that. And that's encouraging for the for the market here. Um, and as I say, I would I would you know urge anyone to to look at doing that. It's uh, it's a fantastic lifestyle if you can get a piece of it. Well, I think that's uh, there isn't much certainty going on, but that's one thing we are certain about. Um, let's see how this next few weeks uh, roll up, and who knows? You know, uh, all we need is a little bit of good news, and uh, and the game's going to change pretty quickly. So I think everybody has to be ready, ready to uh, make hay when the, the sun starts shining again, so Absolutely. to speak. And it will. It will. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time, and uh, speak to you next time. Take care. Cheers, Alfredo. Right.